Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hume Lake. Good to see you all. Tonight, I'm going to give a little bit of a ministry update and share what I hope will be a, 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 a talk that brings us some more hope. Think back for a little bit, or for a moment, over the last, it's now been 20 months since the world kind of got flipped upside down with COVID, right? I was just sitting back there, just like, kind of just going, wow, Lord, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Right? It's been, it's been crazy. T- take just a moment and think back over the last 20 months in your experience, in your life, and in your church. Just pause for a moment. When I take a moment to pause, sometimes I just kind of think of snapshots, pictures, you know, sort of things that were highlights. I I don't know about you, but I had a couple of friends die of COVID. A board member, a a pastor friend. Both had other dynamics going on in their life, but that was hard. Very difficult for their families. I've talked to a number of pastors, and consistently I'm hearing how difficult it is and has been to lead. I had, the, uh, I had a milkshake this summer on campus with the uh, Evangelical Free Church superintendent of the West Coast, or of the Southwest, I guess. And he said, I don't know that there's been any time in American history since the Civil War when the American church has been more challenged. You know, even in times like 9-11, you tend to rally together. And in so many ways, people have pulled apart. You know, do you vaccinate or do you not, right? Or do 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 you attend church in person? How do you deal with government mandates? And then all the stuff that's going on in the government right now, no matter where you're at politically, It's been a wild ride. It's been crazy. And it's pulled a lot of people apart. And yet, this last weekend, I had the opportunity to spend the weekend with the CEOs of Mount Hermon, Forest Home, and Hume Lake, and our spouses. You know... um, None of us have had an easy road. Most of those camps mothballed and went from a couple hundred staff down to about 30, or in one case, a dozen. Can you imagine the trauma of that, right? Not only on the people whose lives are flipped upside down, but also those that still stayed to try to make it work. And we, early on, like we had been doing before, kind of just committed that we're in this thing together. You know, um, I like to. Pl- I, when I was a kid, I liked to play basketball, and I liked to play basketball against my brother. And we had a great relationship. But I liked to beat my brother, <laughs> and he liked to beat me. And at the end of the day, when we were done, even though we tried our hardest, we were cheering for each other. 
because we're family. And I'll tell you what, one of the neatest things of the last 20 months, not just with Forest Home and Mount Hermon and Hume, but with Heartland, this is just my experience, right? With La Montaña Christian Camp in Costa Rica, with the Chicago Nine that I'm a part of, of nine of the big camps in the country, which would be like Kennecuck, Young Life, um, uh, a, 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 a lot of those camps, Pine Cove in Texas, Spring Hill in Michigan, um, and camps that most people have never heard of. We were in this thing together because COVID was a threat to literally wipe us all off the map. And even though some might say we're competitors, at the end of the day, we all want to represent our organizations well. At the end of the day, we're family. And you know what? We all were praying for each other, partnering with each other, sometimes counseling each other, sometimes consulting each other. You know, it wasn't that many weeks ago that fire was threatening Hume. Again. And fire was about a, less than a mile away from the 180 and the Y. I got a call from Mount Hermon. Hey, if Hume Lake staff needs somewhere to stay, they can move in with us. Isn't that cool? Now, I offered that to them last year when they were at threat of fire. And they were within a mile of fire. And Gary at Forest Home in the middle of COVID, they had fire on their campus. So in the middle of COVID, we've all had a journey and it's pulled so many people apart. And I just sat there in Pismo Beach last weekend with our spouses hearing stories. And I won't get too detailed, but yeah, some people weren't sleeping all that well. Some people have been blessed. We all had been blessed. But it's amazing to see how God in his sovereignty has taken us through this tough season. And I'm talking about ministries. How donors in all three camps, including you, thank you, who stepped up and made a difference. You know, Romans chapter, um, Romans chapter 5, and I'm getting old, I guess. I don't have enough light here to see this. So let me stand this way, says something like this. I could read it from this direction. And not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. The last 20 months has been a wild ride, not just for camps, it's probably been a wild ride for a lot of individuals in this room in ways that I wouldn't even understand. And yet those tough times of life produce perseverance. And if we handle it right, character. And from suffering, ultimately, the potential of hope. I'm feeling hopeful. Because you know what? Since I've been here in the last eight and a half years, we faced the rough fire. At the time, it was the 16th largest fire in the history of California. And then unfortunately, since then, there's been a bunch of bigger ones, right? We had 120 million dead trees from the, one of the biggest droughts 
right? Not us, but the whole region, right? Uh, because of the bark beetle. We had a flood. I don't remember much about it. It wasn't that huge, but I'll count it. Why not, right? Uh, we had a little flood, not like some back in the day. And then we had a global pandemic and then another fire that threatened Hume. And all I can say is that God is good. If you've been around this place or actually just experiences in life, if God isn't in this, we're toast, <laughs> right? The mighty King's River that is illegal to whitewater raft because it's so dangerous. I'm told you could, before the recent rains, you could pretty much walk across it because the drought was, I mean, because the water was so low this year, right? It's like we are not more dependent at Hume than I think we are when I lived in Fullerton, California. But at Fullerton, you just turned on the water or you paid your water bill. But we're kind of a little bit like farmers up here, I think, because if it doesn't snow this year, if it doesn't rain, we're in, it's not going to be easy. But you know what? God just time after time brings the snow and rain. And that doesn't mean that the, the phrase God's hand over him, that we're always going to win and it's always going to be easy and that we're not going to burn to the ground. God's hand would be over him regardless of all that stuff because he loves us and he's in control, right? And so even though the last 20 months has been a wild ride, I look back on it and say, all right, yeah, some of it's been hard. But you don't have to look too far or too hard to see God's hand of protection and provision. All right, so the summer got wiped out a couple summers ago, but then we did virtual and there were people from 82 countries log on. Right? That wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't have all fit in the chapel. Those little devotionals, like 25,000 people were watching a lot of them. That's like two and a half years of summer Sundays at Hume. Right? Praise God. Was it, did it feel as nice? No. Because we didn't get to like hug each other. And, but you know what? God is very much on the throne. And it is a blessing. I'm so thankful. You know, I, I as a kid, read the book, The Hiding Place. Anybody re read that? Right? And so a couple years ago, I decided to get that as an audio book. You know, and I, 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 you know, my job, part of it is being a truck driver, right? I drive a Ford F-150 for Jesus here at Hume, right? As we go from place to place, John does too, right? And others. But in there, you can listen to books. And I remember distinctly the story of Corey Ten Boom, where they, they basically got a Bible into the barracks. And they were able to have church or chapel. And they weren't bothered by the guards. Why? They didn't realize it, but they had horrible fleas. They thought the fleas, I mean, it was miserable. And it took them a while to realize that they were allowed to have basically chapel. And nobody bothered them. And it was the exact same thing that they thought was horrible because it was the fleas that protected them and fed their spirit and their soul and their spiritual life. 
you know, this time, oh, maybe 14 months ago, coming out of Labor Day in 2020, we had a meet and eat outside, right? And so we were doing our fall programming in the, in the um, ark. Anybody see that, right? There was carpet, there was chairs, there was heaters. It was awesome. And I remember looking on my phone going, this was like in December, this was in a church service, not like an extended deal, but it's like 32 degrees out. And I'm under a heater and like the top half of me is really hot and the backside is really cold. And I'm like, all right, this is, you know. But I remember not this country fair, but the country fair, well, we didn't have country fair, but we still had a number of people up here. It was an awesome weekend. It was great. And then smoke rolled in. Smoke rolled in on Monday and people took off. And we're sitting there looking at each other going, oh, there goes fall. Or at least our numbers that we needed. And we were desperately trying to keep our head above water. It's like such a bummer. And at the time, we've since got a pretty significant internet upgrade. But that, at that time, we had very sketchy internet. And so when COVID first hit, our school kids, right, they tried to do school online. They tried to do it. And it was hard up here, right? It's isolating already. But when you're then isolated from school, right, and then you, you, you have sketchy internet, in some families it worked well. In other families, it was not easy. It wasn't easy anywhere in America, anywhere in the world, right? But it was hard. And, you know, we got permission because of the internet. And this was at a time when everybody was meeting in their home. I mean, they weren't meeting. They were in their homes. We got permission to have school outdoors together. And then the smoke rolled in. What are we going to do? Now, this isn't for Facebook, but we actually got told, hey, don't put it on Facebook, but because you don't have good internet and because there's so much smoke and it's unhealthy, we're going to let you have school in person. Which at the time, we thought it was so horrible, but it was the smoke that allowed the children here to have a school experience that helped the mental health of all of us to get through that last winter. Right? And it's 70-some students, so it's not like it was highly risky uh, in the same ways. But it's like sometimes in life, the hard things is exactly what we need to open up an opportunity for something that's, that's really a good thing. And it's hard to see it at the moment, but then when you look back and go, wow, God, yeah, hard 20 months. But Lord, thank you for bringing Gary Wingard and Mike Romberger, and Bob Nunziato, and all of these people in my life. Because we have walked through life together, and we're close. And I can tell you, we are committed to the gospel. And not just Hume. Like, there's so many beyond what I'm sharing, right? But Mount Hermon and Forest Home, and he, we want to shine bright the good news of Jesus Christ, and we know that there's a world that desperately needs Jesus. It's amazing. You know, this last year, we're, we, we got our financial year starts December 1 and ends November 30, right? So it seems like a world ago, but this time last year, we were, we were praying, Lord, help us to hit the, hit the goal for the relief fund. 
And I just want to, I don't know exactly where everybody's at. I know where some are. But I just want to say thank you. In the relief fund, we had a goal of $6 million. We hit $7.745 million last year. Praise God. Right? That didn't sit us pretty, but that got us through 2020 and a shot to do this summer. And guess what? God allowed us to have camp this summer, this past summer. Right? In, in, at Hume, New England, at Hume, SoCal, and at Hume Lake. And yet we had to, we didn't know up until right before that we could even have camp. And then it was like, all right, let's have camp and, and chapel and eating, eating and meeting outside. Eventually we were able to eat a little bit inside, in part, a little bit outside. But we, we had a task in a labor shortage, which has affected everybody in camping that I know of, including you. But we were able to hire up, what was it, several hundred summer staffers in like 90 days or thereabouts. We, did we hire all that we needed? No. <laughs> right? But we got through. And we're so thankful. We had to turn the victory circle up here into an outdoor meeting space, which it was, but it was usually just one day a week for an hour. But we had to build a staging and you can't see a screen in the daytime. So we had LED screen, which you can see in the daytime. All of this stuff, but it meant we had to make significant construction changes. And it was like, we only have weeks left. And we need an architect. And all the architects we know are busy and can't like start tomorrow. So Chuck Bosman, you know Chuck? Chuck Bosman was in a cabin uh, visiting someone and he saw architectural blueprints all around the cabin. And Chuck said, oh, what do you do for a living? He goes, well, I'm a retired architect. I, I, forgive me if I don't have the story exactly right, but my memory is something in the neighborhood of like, I retired this last week and I'm up here and just starting my retirement. And so Chuck happened to be leading the project up here. And he was like, would you be interested in sketching out some stuff? And I think it took him like one day and he sketched it out and somehow about killed everybody, but somehow we got that thing done before the campers arrived. Praise God, right? Tough times, but when you look back on them, they're often just special and sweet times, right? I, I have one of the neat jobs at Hume. It's not always easy, but it's really neat. I get to see a little bit of the like 30,000 foot, foot perspective, right? So I was just out in New England with these guys and maybe some others on a ministry partner weekend, and it was awesome. It was so encouraging and so fun. And I was there this summer, and I'm going in about another week and a half for another reason, and seeing that from COVID, Hume, New England, and Hume, SoCal, which we had for all of about three weeks, had to be mothballed, and to watch them this summer come back up to life was awesome. Praise God, right? And you know what? At the end of the day this summer, did we have effects of COVID? Of course. The Delta variant hit. It got crazy and tricky, right? But we were able to do eight out of 10 weeks at the lake. So you know what? Big time bummer for the two weeks we couldn't do. But it was awesome that we got eight weeks in. Over 10,000 kids. Praise God. You know what? They were a little rambunctious, 
Some were a little more devious. There was a lot more talks of anxiety, depression, suicide, all of that. But you know what they did? And I heard this from our whole team in every location and from some other summer camps is that they were sitting and listening in chapel like never before. Because they didn't want fluff. What I love about him is we don't just give fluff. They wanted hope. They wanted the good news of the gospel. And so this summer was a spiritual harvest of many people coming to faith in all of the locations. So praise God, we did eight out of ten weeks here at the lake. We had nine weeks in SoCal, but I don't know if you knew this. I'll talk about SoCal in a minute, but we had a week zero. We had a big guest group from a different state that came in and their school systems on a different schedule. And so that was awesome. And then we had a week, what would have been a week 11, right? Zero plus nine, so week 11. And that was a big guest group. And so out of those 11 weeks, we were able to do nine, right? It was a bummer. There was one week that we had an uptick in COVID cases and we couldn't host camp. And there was a church, well, not church, a grouping of churches coming in the buses from Phoenix and we can't make it happen. That's tough. It was going to be the biggest week of summer and they were so excited and we couldn't even hold them all. And they were so excited about Hume SoCal that they rented Airbnbs around Hume SoCal. And unfortunately, they couldn't come. However, our team and their team realized that Biola was holding a youth conference at that exact same time. And while they were driving, brokered the deal, and they just drove right past Hume SoCal and went to Biola. And those students, all of them, still heard about Jesus. Like, praise the Lord. Tough, like, dynamics, right? But... It worked out well. And at Hume, New England, right, as they were getting back up off the ground, they had six out of six weeks with no COVID cases. So praise God for that as well. So today I'm just giving you some of the behind the scenes stuff of just um, some of the things that God did. You know, not only did we have to make a lot of expense cuts and we had donors step up in significant ways over 2,500, more than that, I think it was like 26 or 700 first-time donors to Hume. That's awesome. Like seriously, amazing, right? From the widow's might to quite a bit of money, right? Somebody that we didn't know, we had no, they had just been watching the videos and, and they wrote a sizable check because they received Christ at Meadow Ranch when they were a kid. Right? Their gift was not more important than anybody else's. But it's like, what just happened? Thank you, Jesus, for taking care of us in that time of need. It was such an incredible... And then the, we, we... So just more kind of on the business side, we had applied for the PPP loan twice. And just this week, we got forgiveness of that second PPP loan. So thank the Lord. Um, September, what, 10th, 11th, somewhere in there? Uh, lightning struck about 16 and a half miles from here over near uh, the big trees, uh, the world's largest tree, the Sherman tree, right? And that seemed like a far, long way away until it started spreading rapidly. We're praying for Heartland like crazy because it was close, right? But then it started coming this way and coming this way. All along, they thought probably won't reach Hume because we were downhill to the fire. 
But they were, you, you don't know because it, the forest is so dry, right? It'll be very fascinating to drive General's Highway in the spring when we can to see what, how big that damage was. I think it was like 88,000 acres. And you know what? Uh, that smoke and the threat of fire and the closures of the park and all that. Um, and, and, and we would have started doing lots of communication like the rough fire if we heard the turn that this is coming at Hume hard, right? But we try to keep people up to speed. But you know what? Um, we weren't able to do camps. Not, I mean, we did a lot of them, right? We still had over 1,200 uh, outdoor ed, spiritual emphasis kids, over 1,500 adults. But there were times when we couldn't host people. But you know, we had the incredible privilege of hosting, I think it was about 700 firefighters. We made lunches for up to 1,000 firefighters, right? Because they take them out to the field. And again, our team said to me, would we want to host these folks on campus? I'm like, of course, just like the rough fire, right? It's not only the Christian thing to do, it's the smart thing to do. As our board, this is a board meeting weekend, right? So tomorrow we're going to be in there. But our chairman today said, he said it differently, but I've said the same kind of thing. But he said that you don't see fire stations burning, right? Very often, right? So do we want to host firefighters? Absolutely. It's the Christian thing to do. But why not have our home be their home, <laughs> right? Because they come with a lot of fire equipment. But you know what? We had the first uh, logistics chief. He was a believer. He was from Florida. And he's like, I can't believe this. I went to Bible college. You know, he's talking and sharing and all sorts. A number of conversations, spiritual conversations, like, why are you guys so friendly? Why do you smile? Why are you going the extra mile? You know, and then we had firefighters for Christ here. We're serving them as well, passing out or having a stack, I guess, of um, firefighter retreat brochures. And people were actually taking them, right? So we didn't, even two months ago, think we were going to have that ministry, and we did. And you know what? It wasn't a windfall, but, you know, that also became a revenue source. And we were thankful for that. So both on the mission and, the, uh, and on the business side, which all kind of merges together, right? God has taken care of us in ways. Are we out of the woods? Is this just like free? No. But the God who is on the throne, who's not surprised by fire, by drought, he's not surprised by global pandemic, is very much in charge. And guess what? Uh, we need to trust the Lord in this for the future, but we are alive and we are well and the gospel is being preached. And if it's to large, large masses, awesome. If it's virtually, we'll do that. But it has been so fun to have people on this campus once again. And when I was up at Joshua today, what I saw was blue skies and what I breathed was clean air. And that was not the case a month ago. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what He's doing here on this campus. Praise the Lord for what He's doing in New England. I'm so excited about that. You know, there's 57.6 million people, I believe, in the northeastern United States. Many of them need Jesus. And it is fun to see, hear and to see stories of what God is doing out there, even as we ramp back up. We are partnering with a marketing firm now and a, 
uh, and, and uh, to help with focus on sales because we are now gaining critical mass with housing. We still have another lodge to build. We still have more to do, but we are, we are pushing the gas and praying that God brings in more and more people to Hume, New England. You know, over the last seven years, we had slow but steady growth each year, except for the two COVID years, right? Not like Bible Belt growth, where it's like thousands, of, but it's solid for New England. Do we have a ways to go? Absolutely. But I walked away from this summer there. I walked away from two or three weeks ago from being there with the ministry partners. And then I went on the road and I went and I met with eight different Christian leaders and I got a chance to talk to them about what God is doing at Hume New England and to learn more about the culture. I talked to the head of the Evangelical Free Church denomination of New England. And he, he, uh, he wasn't that familiar because I love camping. So tell me about what you do and why you do it. He's like, yes, that's exactly what we need. Right? It was so cool. They have 55 churches. 50 of them don't have a youth pastor. Five of them do. I talked to the head, Tim Ponzani, of Converge Church Network, Church Planning Network, and they had, their association had a camp in New England, and it was struggling before uh, going into COVID. It, they were right on the edge, and COVID took them under. And you know what? This guy, he had to lead the charge to sell that property. And he sat there across the table with me. This is like two weeks ago, saying, you know what? It is comforting to know, as hard as that was, it was the right decision, but as hard as that was to know that Berea Camp is up north in New Hampshire and that we are right up the, we are, they're like 45 minutes from us, he was, from Hume, New England. He said, to know that there's a camp like Hume, New England, that we can partner with going forward with our churches is a real blessing from the Lord. He told me that two and a half weeks ago. And that was encouraging. So thank God. And you know, we, um, I had a chance last week, I had lunch with the uh, executive pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. You know, in our 2018 to 2022 strategic plan, one of the elements was to pray about and research the possibility of launching a new camp in another location in the country. And we were praying about that and uh, began to feel convinced that we need to do something like this right here in California. Because although we're not always noticing it, we are turning away so many people at the lake. And, and, or they're not even trying because they know that we sell the place out, high school and junior high at least, in like 90 minutes. But I remember my buddy Ray Johnston from Bayside Church, which is this like massive church up in uh, Granite Bay and north of Sacramento. He came, he spoke, he was like, man, our church needs to go to Hume. Dathan, can you get us into Hume? I'm like, Ray, um, no, sorry. Uh, well, I said, but you could go to Hume, New or Hume, San Diego from Sacramento. He's like, that's what we'll do. And they started bringing like 13 buses. I'm thinking, yeah, this is not going to last that long because that's expensive and that's far and that's whatever, right? And it's like, I'm hearing, I had a guy from a church in Southern California say, listen, Dathan, listen, Dathan, we have like five pastors that either speak at Hume or they lead worship at Hume and we can't even get into our students. We can't even get our students into Hume. What are you going to do about that? Well, I'll tell you what you ought to do. 
<laughs> now, this was a friend of mine, so he was messing with me. Um, but he's like, you ought to look for a camp in Southern California. He said, and if you look for a camp in Southern California, you ought to go to Green Valley Lakes. Now, he didn't know because nobody knew that we were already months into conversations with that exact camp. Nobody knew they were looking at leasing that to us. And you know what? God opened that door, right? In the summer, we, in a non-COVID environment, we fill up Ponderosa and Meadow in like 90 minutes for the whole summer, except for week 10, because that's a one-off, because most kids in California are already in school, right? But we're holding on because we still can minister to students. And at winter, I had some of the churches that are closest to him for like decades. And if I named them, you'd recognize the name of the churches. They're like, we can't afford. Now, many still do, but we're struggling to rent buses for two nights versus just six nights. And it's hard to drive through LA on a Friday and then all the way up from Disneyland and down all the way up to Hume. And um, <laughs> I was sitting at Lazy Dog Cafe in that same period, and I, I couldn't say a word about what we were really doing, but I was asking a close uh, megachurch pastor friend, um, do you think Hume should ever consider doing something around here? He goes, no brainer, absolutely, and for this reason, this reason, and this reason, and I'll tell you, I tell you, if you ever do it, when we left Hume in winter, because we couldn't get through LA fast enough in the cost, we went to a place called Green Valley Lake. And I literally, I don't play poker, but I literally had to like, oh really, well why would you say that, right? <laughs> at Green Valley, it's now Hume SoCal. We're at 65 to 6,700 feet elevation. We're between Big Bear and Lake Arrowhead. You go up the rim of the world highway and you keep going and then you hang a left and go up a little more and it sits up on top there. We are within, well, let's put it this way. L.A. County, if it were a state, has a larger population than 42 other states. There are more people that live in L.A. County than live in North Carolina. Amazing. Then when you add Ventura, L.A., San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange, uh, San Diego and, and, and Imperial County, that's about 60% of all Californians. On an early Sunday morning on my phone app, it puts us within a three-hour drive of just about that whole region. It's crazy to think about. So here's a little insider. We're trying to figure out, can we do camp this summer? They had been a 100% guest group facility. It had been a camp of 300, 350, something like that. And they had only done guest groups, and they had done it well. And they weren't struggling. They were fine. But in their new era, they're like, do we want to run camps? Most megachurches don't use, I mean, they might try to run a camp, and then all of a sudden they go, well, this is hard. They had three, right? They had Marietta, they had Twin Peaks, and they had this one. And they came to us and said, we appreciate your commitment to the gospel. I said, you know, we're non-denominational. We're not, no, we know that. But you guys preach Jesus, and we think you ought to, I mean, consider renting or leasing from us. And so we're thankful to God for that opportunity. It's crazy strategic. We launched summer, but we were mothballed in SoCal and in New England at the time. 
We were not even sure we could pull it off. And before we blinked, we had all the weeks mostly full. So that our landlord didn't even get their own kids into camp. I'm like, that's not good. And yet they were so gracious. And the executive pastor was like, he told me again this last week. He said, you know, we told the youth pastors and they didn't jump on it. And so we're, we're all good. We'll try to get in next time. And you know what? Thank God. Now we got COVID and I mean, we got COVID. That's not exactly. We had COVID dynamics, right? So it softened a little bit. It filled a little bit more and all that. But before we even have told the world, a whole bunch of people showed up. Now, half of them were from Hume San Diego churches, but there were other churches that haven't been able to get into Hume for a long time. Like a church that I know in Thousand Oaks who said, you know what, our church grew and expanded and we couldn't get enough spots in Meadow. So eventually we had to go and do our own thing. Well, they were at Hume SoCal this year. So praise God for what he's doing in all of these locations. We purposefully shared with the board that we were not going to go out and try to raise money for Hume SoCal until our capital campaign was over and that sort of thing, right? But it's been neat to see that we are up and running and we had winter or summer and we are launching winter camp. And this guy right here, <laughs> he came to me and said, you know what? I'm willing if for about six months during an interim role, I'd be willing to, uh, to help lead Hume SoCal. Thought about that. I'm like, okay, you got a full-time job already, brother. But you know what he thought? A little less driving over the grapevine <laughs> might be nice, right? You know, and all that. And he loves startups. And then we got Bob Mole. You know, Bob, fire chief up here. He's assistant down there. We've got a team down there. And we are for the first time ever launching winter camp at Hume SoCal. How many people roughly do we have right now signed up for winter camp? Oh. Ballpark, within 100 or two. Eighteen hundred, boom, math genius. No, not really. Um, Eighteen hundred people. There's over six thousand that are signed up for here, right? And we're relaunching winter camp in New England. And so praise God. And I ask you to please pray that the good news of the gospel will continue to go forth here on this campus, in New England, out in SoCal, and really around the world. And I am so thankful that in tricky and challenging days, that God is very much on the throne. My encouragement is, um, and I don't know your dynamics, and I hope that all is well in your church. I hope that all is well in your family. But let's not let stuff divide us at the end of the day, right? I don't like all that's going on just like probably a lot of you. But you know what? Let's keep the main thing the main thing. In 1988, I was a summer staffer at Hume Lake Christian Camps. I was in seminary at the time. I worked with a guy named Ken Cross. He was the HR director. Some of you might know him. I would, we would go up on Sundays after church up into his office because I was summer counseling staff. So we'd get our assignments to go to the different camps to be counselors or maybe to work in the dish pit or whatever that week. And when I would come out of his office, which is now John Bowles office, come out of his office down the steps, there was a sign over the, over the door that said this, the main thing 
is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Let that sink in for a second. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. At Hume Lake Christian Camps, we happen to believe that this is the Word of God. We happen to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through Him. We happen to believe that salvation comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And we want to proclaim that message to as many people as possible. And my prayer is, from this property, from SoCal, from New England, maybe one day being able to relaunch in Hawaii, I pray, right, when the, when the dynamics are right. And Hume International, right, bums me out that we're not going to be able to go to Thailand this year because the COVID stuff isn't ready there yet. But you know what? Wherever we may be, linked arm in arm with other gospel teaching and preaching ministries and churches, it, 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 you know what? It's not about Hume. It's about Jesus. But how cool it is that for 75 years we've had a chance to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in that, take hope. Difficult journey? No doubt. A good journey, however, most days. <laughs> right? And a difficult journey. But tribulations works perseverance. You know what? What's the crisis going to be two years from now? I don't know. But there'll probably be one. But you know what? I'm being a little trite here. I don't mean to be. But God is still on the throne. Right? It's not bark beetle and water and fire and pandemic. Who knows what it'll be? Somehow, God gets us through. And if we glorify Him, if we unify around the gospel, and if we get bold and proclaim the good news to as many people as will listen, that's what our country needs. That's what our world needs. And that's what I need. And I bet you that's what a lot of you need as well. God, you're good. Thank you. Lord, we don't always understand what's happening at the moment. But you do. And so God, thank you. We love you. We trust you. We cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, thank you. Like 1 Peter 1 says, we have a hope that won't rust. It won't, it won't decay. It won't disappear. It's locked in eternity for us. And even though our physical bodies may waste away, Lord, we have hope in You and hope of the glory of Your name and in eternity in Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. We love You. Amen.